0: And because it's within me, I don't need it from outside validation or outside resources. Um, All I need to do is put that 1% to get better every day within myself. And that best, most confident, most successful version of myself will be revealed.
1: Welcome back, folks, to the... Coachful Coaching Leadership Podcast. Today I'm here with Tara Lafon Gooch. How are you doing, Tara?
0: I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me, David.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. So, uh, Tara, I'm going to give you the honor of introducing yourself to everyone here.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, my name is Tara Lafon Gooch. I'm a CEO, a CEO of a branding agency. I primarily work with speakers, authors, C-suite executives, and CEOs who want to get on stage, especially land a TEDx opportunity or a large conference opportunity, who are ready to develop their personal brands and kind of uh, lead with purpose and intention and show the world who they are, amplify their voices and impact. Um, I, as well, am a professional speaker. I'm a leadership speaker. And I, my most in-demand keynote is uh, centered around confidence, which is based on my best-selling book, How to Grasp Confidence and Own Your Power.
1: All right. How to Grasp Confidence and Own Your Power. That's available on Amazon and uh, other stores?
0: Yep. Uh, Amazon for now, but that will change next year.
1: Okay, excellent. So get that book and we will link that in the show notes later. And um I think you're you're being a little bit humble too. I think you were uh featured on Forbes magazine as well.
0: Forbes magazine, LA Weekly, Los Angeles Business Magazine, and next month will be MSN.
1: All right. So you <laughs> You are busy and you're out there, and uh, and I, I honestly, like I, it's a it's a great confidence boost to me as well, right? I look at you as a as a role model for uh, someone I want to be. So, oh,
2: thank you so who much. do I want
1: to be when I grow up? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tara. Well, so you're talking about um, you know helping folks uh, boost their confidence, especially like you know in, from a speaking perspective, and you know just looking at your book, like how to grasp confidence. And own your power. You have that sign behind you. I Crash. do. I do. So, looks like there's five steps there. <laughs> you want to talk a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a five-step model that I developed that transformed my life and helped me go from unconfident to very confident and going after my wildest dreams, literally facing my biggest fears. And The method in this book, it's a five-step method, G-R-A-S-P. G stands for gratitude, R for responsibility, A for Mm -hmm. action, S for sight, and P for purpose. In my book, it's used as a personal development tool, but I also um, have a spin on this that I use for leadership um, and leadership speaking specifically. So if I'm in front of a corporate client uh, or at a conference, uh, I talk about this method as far as leadership development as well.
1: Mm. I, I am curious, like what made you develop this method?
0: Well, it was interesting. You know, I, I had struggled with confidence for as long as my, as I can remember literally my whole life. And, you know, I, I was on a search of self-discovery. I was reading a lot of success books, a lot of self development personal development books, self-help books, and that sort of thing. And I I started to realize this correlation. um, And that was that gratitude is mentioned somewhere in all of these books. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was really struggling with gratitude. I thought I had nothing to be grateful for. I was down, I was depressed. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I had just recently started entrepreneurship and everything was new to me and I was there was fear, right? Mm. But I knew that I needed, in order for me to get the success that I wanted, I had to have confidence. And then I started reading all of these books and started to see that gratitude was somewhere. But then once I actually started to develop gratitude and make it a daily practice and habit, I realized that it wasn't some shouldn't be just somewhere sprinkled in. It should actually be the exact very first step. Mm. It is not somewhere in the middle, hard to find chapter seven, chapter eight, chapter 20, it's one. Mm. And once I understood that, that became the first letter was G. And then I just started putting other attributes. What, what would make somebody really confident, right? What would make somebody very successful? And then I put these words together once I felt like I could distill it Mm. and came up with the acronym GRASP. And the good thing is, is that this is a time tested, time tested principles, right? This is not something that's new, but what it is, it's something that's memorable. You have a five step approach and you can actively practice it in your daily life, right? For self-management, self-leadership. But then you can also practice it within a team and an organization as well.
1: Mm. So, gratitude, responsibility, action, sight, purpose. You, you want to go through some of these things? I, I, I think gratitude is pretty obvious. And yep. it's interesting that you put it first um, to be thankful, basically, for what you have, right? And, and you know, I mean, gratitude, <laughs> everyone talks about it. Just be thankful, right? I'm alive. Yep. <laughs> I get to do this. I get to talk to you. Um, yep. It's easy to forget that, like what you have already.
0: Yep. Yeah. And it's it's the law of increase, right? So if mm. if we're grateful, um, it it's it's again it's increase, right? So the mm. opposite would be if we're complaining or negative. That's the law of decrease. Mm-hmm. So just by having that gratitude as first, we're experiencing the law of increase, right? But then after that, we have responsibility. So that's a responsibility and an ownership mindset. So that means that we are, we own our thoughts, we own our actions, we own our choices, and there's a certain amount of self-advocacy there, right? We can't be victims and be winners at the same time. It doesn't work like that. So we have to develop a responsibility mindset. And then after that is action. And what I've learned is a lot of people, you know, they put in action and they put in action and a lot of it, we see new year's resolutions happen, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: People are putting in action, but there's no strategy. There's no ownership behind it. So what happens? People fall off and stop performing action. Mm-hmm. They get discouraged because that's human nature. So that's why we have to develop a responsibility mindset first. Mm-hmm. That's the strategy. After that, I have sight, which is a visualization. You know, it's interesting. I've never encountered a professional athlete who imagines every possible way they're going to lose a game. Have you, David?
1: Absolutely. No, no, I haven't.
0: <laughs> they don't imagine every way they're going to yeah. lose. They imagine yeah. every way they're going to win, don't yeah. they?
1: And, and, and no, and joking aside there, I I... You know, when I was uh, more active in, in athletics when I was younger, it, I imagine the tough situations I might be put in, right? Like, oh, what if I'm, you know, uh, playing, uh, playing volleyball? I, I did that a lot as a kid. Oh, okay. What if someone's about to spike it down, your, head, you know, right in your face, which happened a lot? What am I going to do? Or, you know, I've had friends who played football. Okay. What if I, I'm, I'm in a situation where, you know, three big dudes are coming at me? what would I do in that situation? And it's, so it's not like saying I'm always going to win. It's how will I handle the adversity as well? So yes. that the first time you encounter it is not on the field. It's going to, you've already processed it in your mind and you know how you're going to react to it. So yep. to answer your question. Yes.
0: <laughs> yep. And it's a visualization, right? And yeah, It's, you know, when we're thinking about personal development and becoming our most confident selves, we have to visualize that person in our mind. We have to believe that it's going to happen. We have Mm -hmm. to see ourselves becoming that person. So it's a thought pattern. It's a process, right? But then it's, it's also a visual, a a literal visual. So Mm -hmm. instead, if we're trying to become confident, watching our body posture, our physical body posture, right? also what, you know, assign attributes to what that most confident version of yourself looks like. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you know, not doing activities to become that confident person, then it's not going to happen. So it's about then putting in that action to go coincide with that as well. Mm-hmm. And then after that it's, it's purpose. So my model follow, follows Abraham Maslow's model, um, uh, you know, which his is the hierarchy of needs. It's a five-step pyramid as well yep. as mine. And at the top of his pyramid is self-actualization, right? So that's the, the highest level of self. Mm. Well, we can't have that be first because we just can't see it yet. Mm-hmm. So you have to go through the, this process and then eventually it's purpose and aligning with your natural talents, your skill sets, What makes you you and really leaning into those things. And when you lean into those things that are your strengths, guess what happens? You become really confident and you start Mm -hmm. to stay that way. So it's not just about developing confidence for short term. This is a lifelong habit. um, And it's a practice.
1: Yeah. Purpose is like something I've been searching for over Mm -hmm. the years too. And it's been, um, it's a journey And it's, you know, I mean, every, every new year people say, Oh, what's your goal? What's your purpose? What's your vision? And I'm going to say it's probably taken 20 years for me to really figure out more, (laughs) more, more solidly, like what my purpose is, at least this point in time. So I guess like when you are working with people who are trying to achieve this, this grasp, and especially the last part to find their purpose, like, what's the process that you bring people through?
0: I love that. So, uh, Japanese have a very profound concept called the ikigai. Um, ikigai is it's 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 your skills, it's your it's your things that make you you, right? And then in the intersection of all of that, it's it's how you take those natural skills that you have that you can actually you know, make money off of it, make a living, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and finding that, that, that good area right in the middle, right? That's our guy. So identifying that for people and, you know, we all have a why. And that's one of the first questions I ask my clients. What is your why? When you, you know, because the word purpose can seem really far-fetched. It can seem out there sometimes people don't exactly know what it is. But when you ask somebody why, why and just the simple question of who you are, what do you believe in? You start to really unravel those things for that person and get them a level of clarity that they wouldn't be able to necessarily uncover by themselves. But when you start to dig deep and I I do, I liken human beings to we're like onions, we're Layers and upon layers, and you just peel back to get to the center. And it's that center that's our icky guy, that's our purpose, the highest level of self actualization, mm-hmm. and our real why, and what, what our purpose is for why we're here. And I, I do believe that we all have these natural skill sets, and it's just about leaning into them without fear. Mm-hmm. When we uncover those fears and start to see what's been holding us back our purpose kind of comes to light.
1: Hmm. So having a a solid why right in the middle of that onion, right. And working your way out. So maybe talk to, talk to everyone out there. Like how, how would you work someone through this process like of finding their gratitude and responsibility and and such? and, And what can we expect at, at the other end? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So
0: this is something that, again, it's a long game. It's a process. This is a marathon, not a sprint, right? But Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to take years necessarily. So my low point was March of 2022. That's when I went into entrepreneurship. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do next. Um, And I was really struggling with confidence. So I had to learn that gratitude. And for me, it was... Healing the past, starting there, and Mm. then having gratitude for the entire journey, like what you're talking about. Um, But I think we need to heal our pasts, and you know, help that really helps us get rid of those blocks that are holding us back in the present time. And you know, a lot of times people, you know, they think, "Oh, it's okay. I'm I'm good now." That happened to me before, but I, you know, I've moved on. But have you really? Because is if it's impacting a current belief system, then you probably haven't moved on. So there's mm-hmm. some level of, of stickiness that's still happening there. And through gratitude, um, you know, and for, forgiving those things totally opens up the door for you to be present minded. hmm. And we can't. We know we can't act in the past, and we can't act in the future, David. But what we can act is in the present. So, in order to really dive into being able to be your most operable self, you have to have gratitude. Mm-hmm. Because that helps you become present. Yeah. And then you can start to really take that action.
1: Yeah, Heal- healing our past. Uh, there's there's a saying that trauma trauma can time travel.
0: And I,
1: I, I do believe that, um, certain, you know, certain, a lot of traumas are, will stay with us. Right. Yeah. And I, I use that very broadly. It it's whatever it means to the individual, right. The trauma it's, it's what your relationship is with it. Right. Um, and, it's, and I, I don't believe in fighting it. I believe living with it. Um, and, and yes, you say forgiveness, it could be forgiving yourself, forgiving the other person or the other people or the situation, but it's, um, a lot of times we'll, we'll beat ourselves up. It's our fault. My fault, right. It's forgiving ourselves there. But, um, that is, but you're saying how that fundamentally forms a belief system that you need to break through. Okay. I guess that flows into responsibility, taking responsibility for your past and giving gratitude I I guess I'm sort of leading the witness here, but I assume that goes into responsibility, right?
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And they all flow and it's not, and that's the beautiful thing about it. It's not five distinct separate steps. You do one, you stop completely, Mm. and then you go to the next step. It's a living thing. It's a process. There are are days where I need to focus on gratitude more than the other steps because I'm having a day. Mm. There are other days because nobody's perfect, that it's all five steps. Because it's one of those days. Um, so you know these are living things; they breathe between each other. Um, but ultimately, for me, in order for me to succeed, start to have the level of confidence that I needed, and ultimately become the leader I needed—not just for myself, but for my team—I needed to uh, have that responsibility and that ownness, ownershipness, right. Mm-hmm. That's so important. And, you know, with, with gratitude, as, as a leader, it's so important because, and you and I talked about this the other day, when we're having a conversation with another human being, what we say is felt first in that other person's mind, right? Mm -hmm. So it's felt first, all words go through our limbic system which is the feeling emotional center of our brain, and then eventually travel to our prefrontal cortex, which is the logic thinking center of our brain. So everything is felt first because it goes through the limbic system. So what if as a leader we had, we started and ended every conversation with gratitude? What would happen? Well, people would be way more receptive. They would be way more welcoming And they wouldn't be defensive because it started and ended with an expression of gratitude. And that goes back to us and having that ownership and the responsibility mindset to actually have the emotional intelligence to be able to do that with people. Mm. It's everything. And this is not just in a company leading a team. This is also how we talk to clients, investors, partners, people in our social network. What if we all did this mm-hmm. we'd be so much more successful
1: I think we would we absolutely would so any interesting stories you want to share related to this, like how you've you might have seen folks like transform themselves and change themselves uh, using this method
0: absolutely i've I have gotten such fantastic responses from people all over the world you know when when you write a book you don't you're never sure you're never sure if people are going to really like it you're you're worried and your imposter syndrome kicks in and i don't care if you just wrote a book on confidence (laughs) yeah syndrome. there's irony
1: there right you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) there is i had a lack
1: of confidence writing a book on confidence (laughs) (laughs) it
0: happens it
1: absolutely does yeah
0: yep so but some of the people that i've heard from and uh one gentleman I, we went to elementary and middle school together and he, he bought my book and he's been supporting me on social media with it. And he said that he said he applied somewhere, w- which was a board position. He never would have applied without reading the book. Mm. And he said he applied it and it actually got voted in
2: mm-hmm. and he
0: could not believe it. And he said, I took a page from your book And without your book, I would have never have done this. Mm. And his biggest struggle was gratitude Mm. and learning to be grateful for the past. And he was dealing with past trauma and all sorts of problems. And he didn't have it easy. He had a lot of adversity, a lot of hardships, every reason under the book not to be grateful. Mm -hmm. But he... I this book helped him learn that you can actually choose gratitude.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny. You're talking about writing a book and, um, the imposter syndrome that comes in. I I've had a, uh, a few folks here on this, uh, on this podcast who have written books. And, um, so one of them, like for instance, um, uh, Kelly, Kelly Wood, who was on in one of my uh, earlier, uh, earlier ones, like she's, she was mentioning, she's, she's writing a book. She's a coach, right? Yep. Executive coach. And she says she's writing a book, but every time she writes, this little voice talks to her (laughs) and says, "You have no business doing this. You're not good enough." And so her strategy is, "Huh, why do you why do you think that? No, what evidence do you have of that?" And and she coaches that little voice. She has a little dialogue with that voice, and once she finishes that dialogue, she says she she writes, you know, whatever to it today, 500 words. That's all I'm doing. Right. So little by little, yep. she's building this book that she wants to write. And every time she writes that book, she has this little conversation <laughs> with that, with that person. So that's, yeah. that's one of the stories I, I've, I've heard from someone writing a book. The other, the other guy, um, uh, Chris Kemp, he actually wrote a technical book, like this thick. And it took him, he's like, never again, never <laughs> again. <laughs> like,
0: it sounds fun, doesn't fun,
1: Yeah. How, how was the experience for you writing the book? Like how long did it take you? What was your experience with like uh, with publishers and such?
0: Well, I have a very unusual story. So, it was the Saturday after Valentine's Day of just this year. I sat down on the couch with my laptop and I told my husband, literally, I just need to get something out of my head. Mm-hmm. I didn't leave, and that weekend I wrote eleven thousand words, and wow. I didn't know I was writing a book. I at first just thought I was writing this method down. And then I kind of processed that method and then literally chapters just started flowing. So I'm a little bit anomalous, I guess, as far as that goes. But once I realized that, okay, I had a book, um, I just reverse engineered it. I I looked up on Google uh, and I decided, okay, this is a self-help personal development book. Google, what is the average self-help book? How many pages? I didn't know, right? Or how many (laughs) words? Okay, so I already have 11,000 words done. If I can do 1,500 or so words a day, it'll take me this many months. Cool. That's my goal. Mm -hmm. And I didn't waver off of that. And I kept a commitment, time blocked my calendar, made it my first priority of that day. Mm -hmm. And so nothing got in the way of it even if i had an early morning client i made sure to get my writing in and 6 months later it was published i published it self published it on amazon and 10 mm. days later it was a best selling book in four categories anybody wow. can do it. anybody can do this
1: wow congratulations jeez i am I'm, he- I'm hearing more about this like folks self publishing and not not using a publisher i mean what, what's your t- i i don't know much about writing a book or publishing, like what's your take on that? Like self-publishing versus using a publisher?
0: Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's like anything else. It's a personal choice. I wanted to have complete control of my book. So when you work with a publisher, it's theirs, right? So you lose some control.
2: Mm. Um,
0: I wanted to have complete control. Now the benefit of self-publishing with Amazon, if, you know, the book picks up, a publisher could pick it up after that if, if they decided they wanted it. Right.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I don't know if I want to go that route. We'll see, you know, there could be a deal, you know, in the future, I'm not going to say no or yes to anything Mm -hmm. uh, right now, but you never know. That's definite possibility, but it's easier than people think. But statistically 2% 2% of authors that start to write a book actually finish it and publish it. Mm. So just publishing your book gets you in that 2%. Yeah. Do it. If it's important to anybody listening to this, it's absolutely possible for you. And just start writing. It's yeah. such an important tool.
1: Yeah. Just, just, just keep doing it. Yeah. Um, it's like the, the conversation I had with you right before we started recording, like, um, uh, a friend of mine that I bumped into yesterday was saying, Oh, your your podcast is still going. I don't know what the statistics are, but I think most people start a podcast and end the podcast on the same day. Right. Yes. Like, um, <laughs> no. it, yeah, it, it's, and the barriers to entry are so low nowadays. Right. Right. Tara, yes. like to write a book, uh, to start a podcast, to, um, Uh, self-publishing, you know, music, whatever you want. I mean, geez, all you need is a phone nowadays and and you're set. Um, So, but the, with that lower barrier is discipline what's your motivation, what's your grasp, (laughs) you know, honestly, like do you have the confidence to 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 continue doing this. So um, yeah, it's been less than a year for me and I've, I'm on, you know, like I'm, I'm, I have like 20 something episodes already of this. Right. So it's, it's been wonderful. and meeting people like you. So
0: I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the statistics is I think um, if you make 21 episodes of a podcast, you're in the top 1%. That goes to show you how few podcasts actually stick around and are consistent.
1: The power
0: of consistency is so real.
1: Well, your why is very important there. Yes. So if you're doing this for clicks, you're doing this for, um, uh, you know, how many views do I have? Like everyone started somewhere and yep. I've looked at the early podcasts for, you know, you name some of the best ones out there, Tim Ferriss and such, like it, it was BS. Like honestly, like what their early ones, it, it, it was, nobody's watching it. And I mean, it was poor production. It's okay. I, I think I'm miles ahead. To yep. c- compared to how they started, because of all the equipment and, and technology we have, so yep. but you're right. It, it okay. So I'm a one percenter in a different way. I, Congratulations, I sir. Yeah, you yeah. yeah. You just yeah, got Just promotion today. Damn right, one percenter <laughs> podcast. Um, I am curious. So I'm looking at your LinkedIn, and I see like um, so. And you mentioned like you, you've been on Forbes, LA Weekly, um, soon be TEDx as well. Like, uh, you know, for the folks listening out there and myself as well. Like walk me through, how did you get to those avenues like MSN? Like, was it the book that launched that visibility and how did you gain more visibility on those, those other channels?
0: Absolutely. You know, I started my, we'll call it a personal brand, building my personal brand just last year. So it's been well, a year and a half now building my personal brand. And it started on LinkedIn. Um, I had a good following on LinkedIn but I, wasn't, I didn't have an engaged community, and I didn't really post. So that's literally where I was March of 2022. Mm. And I grew it this far that quick. Mm. So it is possible. So how, that's how it started. I, uh, once I figured that out, I developed a personal branding program uh, for LinkedIn. Uh, that's a group cohort as well to teach other people how I did it. Um, my first, and then I kind of sprinkled in podcast, um, and then my first major PR opportunity was dis, no, 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 November twenty second of last year when I was I had a talk with Nasdaq. That was the first ever big PR move that I made. Once I did that, I realized, well, this is possible. Because sometimes you don't know what's possible, right? Until either somebody else shows you what's possible or until you try it and do it and realize that you actually have this capability, right? So that was my first big leap. Then I went on lots of podcasts in the middle and then started appearing like in local stuff. So local magazines, uh, interviews, and this all correlated around my book. That's the great thing about a book. It's a icebreaker it's a Mm. everybody wants to talk about your book right so from there i was able to get on local magazines and then eventually fox news in new york i had a live television interview with them and then after that it was boom 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 because i realized during this time i was writing my book and i wanted something very powerful on the front cover of my book what I wanted was as seen in, right on the cover. And I mm. couldn't accomplish this if I didn't get featured in big places. Mm. So before the book was even published, I was heavily building in public three months, four months before when it was still a Word document on my desktop.
2: Mm.
0: I was on Fox News in New York talking about my book. Mm. I think that's a place where a lot of people are afraid mm-hmm. and that's exactly what I decided to do was face that fear and it kept me super accountable
1: <laughs> yeah 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 you now to the world what you're doing right
0: yes yeah and I made it happen and it gave me that energy to keep going and actually push a little harder
1: yeah okay and and is it just literally you calling up these 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 stations, or do do you have a a, a go between to help you? Like, I, just you know, how how do you do that?
0: It's it's a lot of work. PR is it's one of those continual process things. It's it's not about having a splash of PR. So I have connections, um, and then I also have a PR partner that I work with as well. Mm-hmm. That's in the United Kingdom. So between the two of us. Um, he, that my PR partner will help me get on some magazines, Fox news in New York, and some other ones I have landed my, myself, I okay. uh, just due to connections. So yeah, it's a, it's a mixture of both, but it's like anything else, you know, uh, it's good to have somebody else that's in that industry and that's all they do yeah. to really guide you.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm i asking, I'm very curious because it, you know, like, as I'm approaching like 20 something episodes here, it was the first, I'm so new to this stuff, Tara, I've, I've had um, PR agencies uh, approach me uh, and representing someone else. And they've come to me saying, Hey, here's this person who might be a great guest on this podcast. And I'm like, what is this? I'm like, Oh, okay. I see what, what they're doing. Oh, this is cool. So that's, that's why I'm asking you this. I, I, I didn't realize that was a thing, you know, like <laughs> the
0: thing it's, it's a thing. Trust
1: me. Okay. No, that's, that's wonderful. Thank you. Um,
0: Absolutely.
1: I, I just, I just learned something else from you today. Thank you very much. So, <laughs> um, so I guess like when you think about if you were just to step back for a second, And just look at the bigger picture, you know, what you've done here, grasp confidence and own the power, um, and the impact you want to have on the world and on leaders and on people who are just not there yet with their confidence, what is the impact you want to have?
0: I want to show people everywhere that no matter where you came from, no matter what hardships, failures, adversity you have endured, that you can absolutely go after your biggest dreams and actually get them. And if I'm not proof of that, I don't know what is. (laughs) You know, public speaking used to be my absolute biggest fear. It terrified me, David. Um, Mm -hmm. It absolutely terrified me. And that's something I'm going to be talking about in my TED Talk because my TED talk is on confidence. But it used to be my biggest fear. Um, And it was the thing that held me back. So I saw it in my career, um, you know, as a leader, that it was holding me back, I I couldn't speak up during meetings. And if you can't do that, you're not going to accelerate, right? Mm -hmm. So it was holding me back in every aspect of life. But I want to show people everywhere that You can face your biggest fears. You can go from unconfident to absolutely powerful and purposeful. Um, And in five simple steps over the course of months, not years, you can become the best version of yourself. And why can you do this? Well, it's part of that taking action. So I'm a firm believer as well in the uh, compound method. One percent better every day. That's it doesn't take a lot, doesn't take marathons. It doesn't take leaps and bounds. If you simply improve 1% every day and are consistent, Mm -hmm. at the end of the year, you're going to be 37 times improved. Don't tell me you wouldn't be a completely different person Mm -hmm. at 37 times improved. Would you? Mm -hmm. You'd be completely different.
1: It it would be. I've seen this mathematical formula. One to the power of 365. Is yep. still one, 1.001 yep. to the power of 365 is I, I can't do that in my head. So, um, but 37 ish, 37 <laughs> ish between zero and 20 billion. So, um, <laughs> so, but nevertheless, it's, it's, it's just every little thing you do. Yes. If you're consistent, it results in something big. So, well, that's wonderful. All right. Uh, Tara, I'm going to switch gears for a second and go to a lightning round right now with you and ask you a few things. Okay. Crazy, but true fact about Tara. What is it?
0: I can cook and bake and without measuring anything and I don't look at recipes.
1: All right, how's that going?
0: It's going great. Hey, I I think it's going... I like my stuff.
1: (laughs) Okay, I I suck at baking. I love cooking. I suck at baking. So... (laughs)
0: I, I, can, I can bake cookies, cakes, anything without measuring. I don't know. I go by feel. So that's I, I interesting. I don't know how to do it.
1: Okay, that is very crazy, but true fact, because it's never worked out for me. Okay. Um, yeah. What have you changed your mind about or doubled down on recently?
0: Gosh, you know, facing my fears is a, is a big one. So, you know, recognizing things that I'm afraid of and, and then examining that and asking myself why. And then identifying if, if in that fear, there is a place and a center for growth. And if there is, I'm absolutely leaning into it and I'm doubling down on it. So just going back to what we were just saying, fear of public speaking, guess what I'm doing? I'm going to be on the stage more and more and more and more and more. I'm doubling down, tripling down probably.
1: Yeah. Yes, you um, are.
0: Yes. And just leaning into those fears. Okay.
1: Okay. Advice to young and emerging leaders out there, what would it be?
0: It's hard to pick, you know, there's so many different advices. Um, but I will just say this, it's okay to not know everything, you know, as a young leader, I think new and emerging leaders, they feel like they have to have all the answers, they feel like they have to know everything, but you don't. Um, and people actually have more respect for you if you don't know everything uh, rather than if you just make up things, right. Mm. Or just have this false confidence, because I think that's really big. So you, in order to be a confident leader, it doesn't mean you have to be an arrogant one. It just means that, um, you have to know, um, you have to be okay with not knowing everything and that's totally fine.
1: Mm. Okay. Second, last question. What is your advice to the younger version of Tara?
0: The younger version of myself, I would say, I'm, you know, I'm whole enough as I am and that the most confident version, the most successful version of myself is not separate from who I am. It's within me. And because it's within me, I don't need it from outside validation or outside resources. Um, all I need to do is put that 1% to get better every day within myself. And that best, most confident, most successful version of myself will be revealed.
1: Wonderful. All right. So Tara, I always leave the, leave the last question to my guest to ask me. So
0: Ooh. yes, I, I,
1: I never tell you this is going to happen. Oh. So what is your question to me?
0: My question to you as, as a sales leader, what is the biggest obstacle you find with, with folks that you're managing or you're leading? that prevents them or blocks them from reaching their goals?
1: So I'll tell you what, I mean, there's a few things, but something that comes to mind and it's been very recent is um, communication and working well with others. And so leadership is not, it's not just a title, but it is an action that you carry out. And it doesn't matter what your title is. And leadership means that you are able to rally people together to work with you, for you, and will run through a wall with you. And whether you're an individual contributor, an entrepreneur, uh, someone with the actual title of manager or leader, it is absolutely imperative that people want to work with you and run through a wall for you, not out of fear, but because they want to. And, uh, you know, I've seen some folks recently who are experiencing this for the first time, right? Transitioning to a, a leadership role mm-hmm. and seeing that you can't just tell people that they don't know what they're doing, not setting expectations and 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 uh, throwing people under the bus, right? And so I find that holds people back. It's not about intelligence anymore. I mean, these individuals are super intelligent. That's where they, why they got to where they are but they are not intelligent yet in getting people to work with them. And yes. I find that is, and I think they would benefit from grasp because it is a confidence problem. It's a confidence in letting go of control. Yes. It's a confidence problem in trusting others to get things done. Yep. And it's a confidence problem in articulating exactly what you want from others in getting those things done. Yep. Um, and I, I think folks could ben like, folks can benefit from grasp or any other methodology, but you know, grasp is, it's very, it's, it's simple. It's five steps, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I mean, that's what I'm seeing right now, uh, in, in my world, but, uh, there's, there's many other things we can go through in a longer podcast. Oh, I know <laughs> We could
0: probably do this all day, right?
1: Yeah. All right, Tara. So what's next for you? What's going on in... In Taro's world,
0: well, I'm preparing for my TEDx, so I'm getting ready for that i'm I'm less than three months out, so that'll be January eighteenth um i'm I'm really ready and I'm excited. Um, next year, who knows? I might write another book. We'll see um, All right. but TEDx for now, that's at the top of my plate. and then you know, big term goals. I don't know. I'd love to have my own TV show. What do you think?
1: You know what? I think it's in within grasp.
0: <laughs> I think you it like is that. True. You like that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>
1: um, I I would be happy to be on the next Oprah show uh, that you are creating.
0: Um, I do call myself Oprah Junior. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I'm just gonna hold up a blank piece of paper and go promote this book. I'm writing it as we speak. So, uh, look, uh, whatever. I, I would love to support you in any way as well, um, but we'll we'll ensure that we'll put all this information about your book um, um, and anything else in the show notes. Matara, it was a, it was a good uh, forty five minutes with you. Perfect. I appreciate it.
0: Yes, thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna sign off for now. Bye.